ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. One of Benjamin Franklin's most famous quotes, and it's an ever resonating in the world of healthcare. Consumers are taking control, whether through exercise or mindfulness, nutrition, supplements, or any combination thereof. They're building their immunity. They're working to prevent disease, stay healthy, to be the best they can be. Hi, it's Tony Chapman, host of Chatter That Matters, presented by RBC. In this episode, I'm going to take you to St. Francis Farm in Ontario to meet up with Paul Rivette Karnak. He's a second-generation artisan herbalist who wants to grow a global business with their brands. Paul, welcome to Chatter That Matters. Tell me a little bit about your business. St. Francis Herb Farm is a 32-year-old family-owned and operated business. We're passionate about herbs. We we really want to uh, make the best quality herbal products that we can, all made with organic herbs or as much as possible. So who do you sell to? We sell to naturopaths across Canada and uh, as well as health food stores and, and some food drug mass stores. We'll get back to your business in a minute, but first take me back to the early days, your roots, when your parents at a young age really fell in love with the concept of growing something that could keep you healthy. We're located now in the Ottawa Valley, but uh, the early days was in Vancouver Island where uh, my parents met uh, and married and where I was born. Right from uh, early days for both of them, they just had a, a strong interest in, in, in herbs. Uh, Mom spent some time with the uh, indigenous uh, uh, people in Vancouver Island where she learned a lot about herbs from them. What do they do with their passion and this knowledge? They uh, were starting to grow some of their own herbs and making some simple herbal preparations that they were selling um, at farmer's markets and selling to local naturopaths in that area. They started getting some great feedback. And uh, and uh, so that, that really you know gave them the idea that, oh, there's something to this. One of the great characteristics of entrepreneurs is they listen generously. They take feedback as an opportunity to fine-tune and perfect. So, Paul, what happens next? Right around that time, they ended up moving to Ontario. And that's really where they began St. Francis Herb Farm. So not just farmers, they become product inventors and distributors. They started to build a customer base specifically for naturopaths and providing herbs for their dispensary. Dry herbs? an array of various herbs to provide them those, those tinctures, those liquid extracts for them. And, uh, and so that was their model for a while. What's a tincture? Tinctures, which is these uh, liquid extracts of herbs, widely known in traditional herbal medicine to be the best method of taking a herb. Why? Medicinal benefits easily assimilated by the body. That's uh, very shelf-stable and, uh, and had the rich history of, of uh, use in traditional medicine. So what happens next in your parents' journey? They started to look at selling herbs to health food stores, starting in Ontario and then across the country. Why the expansion? I think part of it was uh, just availability. These naturopath patients were uh, using our, our products and then started to look for our products in health food stores. So you go further up on the value chain. Now you're creating your own products. We were starting to develop products too that um, didn't require a naturopath recommendation uh, or, or prescription. Entrepreneurs instinctively look for areas where they can add value and be valued. This is where a sustainable competitive advantage comes from. 
So Paul, tell me about one of the products that you created. A product like a throat spray, it's just something that people people need or people would readily uh, be familiar with. And uh, and so uh, so we started to develop some more of those types of products that you know would, would be better off being sold in the store. That's a lot of territory to travel in a few short years, from the counterculture parents on a walk to getting the confidence to control everything from growing to creating to now selling in major retailers. Where do they get the confidence? I, I think it was just continual uh, confirmation and affirmation by their customers, hearing testimonials and stories from people on how one of our products changed their life. Entrepreneurs don't focus on what they do. They focus on why they matter. They light their path with the North Star shining with purpose. And when you do, profit will find you. Keeping people well, that's really what drives you and your parents, isn't it? At the end of the day, that's what we're all about. So how old were you when you moved to Ontario? Uh, I was six. What was it like growing up on a farm? I loved it. Um, and I was picking weeds, you know, from the as long as I, early as I can remember. I spent my whole childhood outside. We always had something to do on the farm. All work and no play? It wasn't all work. We, we played a lot in the barn and in the greenhouses and uh, in the fields as well. I was probably driving a tractor when I was 12. And today, that kid who grew up in the farm playing in greenhouses, now you and your wife, Caitlin, have bought your parents out. We're not completely bought out. We're in the process of buying them out. Transferring a business from parents to kids isn't always an easy path. The success rate of uh, transitioning a family business from one generation to the next is quite low. So we knew that going in, and so we really wanted to be purposeful and mindful uh, of how that transition was going to go. So how's it going? I wouldn't say it's been absolutely smooth sailing, but uh, but it's been a, it's been a really good transition. Do your parents still have a role? The folks are still there to for advice. Uh, when I need it. I would call them now the guardian of the quality. So they've seen the business grow since I've taken it over. As a business grows, so does complexity. Never lose sight of your essence, which in their case is quality. So your parents still remain artisans. Quality is such a, an integral part of our brand. And, and uh, uh, so they're, they're, they're even now uh, years after retiring, uh, still still asking those questions and still keeping me on my toes when it, when it comes to that. So, Paul, what are your plans for the business? To expand beyond um, beyond the natural past and, and uh, into the health food stores. Is there consumer demand for that? I think at the same time, too, it was just a general growing awareness. Consumers were really starting to um, actively pursue uh, their own knowledge, uh, education and, and knowledge in that area. And that kind of brought our industry along with, uh, with that. So your goal is to now become a global brand that serves the consumer's needs and their desire to take control of their health. What are you doing to realize that ambition? We have uh, a partnership with the University of Ottawa uh, where we're really uh, validating our processes through science, through analytical testing. And that way, it, it, it just allows us to make the best high-quality herbal product that we can. What else will you be doing on your watch? 
we're pretty excited about our future. Uh, we uh, are in the stages right now of finalizing a, a floor plan for a new facility for St. Francis. So we've, we've outgrown our current facility. We're, we're hoping to break ground within the next uh, six to 12 months. And that's going to allow us to grow and allow us to expand our own extraction capabilities. And what is the desired outcome? We really want uh, to uh, position ourselves to be a, a leader, uh, a Canadian and global leader of uh, herbal extraction uh, processes and technologies. Paul, part of the magic of this podcast is that I bring together three thought leaders to help you realize those dreams. What kind of help do you need? To evolve and and grow our consumer-focused marketing and education so that as many Canadians as possible know about the benefits of herbs and can can actually improve their lives and improve the lives of their loved ones through through use of herbs. I can absolutely find you an expert on how to scale your business through branding. What about you as a leader? Have you adapted to a changing business and a changing world? That's a great question. It's been quite a journey. As the business has grown, and so in my own leadership has had to evolve as well and mature as well, I think a big part of it is just just to surround myself with great people that know about certain areas of the business more than I do. And for me, my role really is just to hold the vision, trusting people's contributions to the business, and just continually learning, you know, we're employers in a small town, uh, so that's so that's meaningful for us, and it's meaningful to to kind of create a, a great environment for everybody. I'm going to find you someone who can help you grow as a leader. I'm going to find someone at RBC who can provide advice on how a business can scale as rapidly as yours. Paul, I'll be right back. Hi, it's Tony Chapman, host of Chatter That Matters, presented by RBC. I'm so proud for how RBC continues to step up for small business during these tough economic times. Go Canada United. They brought together every Chamber of Commerce and over 60 organizations with one intent to encourage Canadians to shop locally. Small business owners can now go to Go Canada United for an application for funds to help their business move forward. Speaking of moving forward, you can also go to a Small Business Navigator portal that RBC's established, and it's packed with insights, information, and inspiration for small business owners to make the right moves going forward. Here's to RBC and to you, because small business matters. Paul, when I was thinking about your business and the experts, I thought of these three areas. First was about leadership and trust. And I found one of the best, Angela Donnelly from Corthentic. Next, I wanted to help you with your aspirations of building a global brand. And as Rose Schaefer from uh, Field Marshal is one of the smartest thinkers in Canada on that very subject. And finally, from RBC, Andrew Staniforth. And I think what you really like about his story is that his dad was a banker that helped farms and agriculture. And he remembers even going as a young child into the farms to see his dad work. Let's start with Angela Donnelly. First question I asked Angela is to describe her business for you. I work specifically in the leadership space to help leaders to unlock the kind of culture that can really take their businesses to the next level. Angela, Paul's a driver. He's investing in new infrastructure, new channels of distribution. He has aspirations of becoming a global brand. What advice do you offer leaders with that type of growth mindset? 
I think to know that you're going into a growth period and to really prepare for that and make sure that all the leaders within the various levels of the organization are ready to bring the employees along on that journey is really critical. Another question is really the old and the new. He's an existing employee, but he's going to have to onboard many new ones. Is there a strategy for that? Absolutely. Tony, something I picked up in Paul's transcript is he acknowledges that he already surrounds himself with great people. And I think that is going to be his key to keep unlocking the ability of the organization. But with that also comes a need to be able to trust that once you've made those decisions, once you've hired those people into those key roles, that you can now step back and let them really drive those parts of the business. And Paul even talks about how he has to work at trusting people. Trust is such a critical capability for a leader. But very often we see it as the trustworthiness side of trust. The other side of trust is the ability to trust others which really means a preparedness to be able to suspend your need to control that outcome. So your advice for Paul? Set the person up for success, then you can step back and allow them to really thrive in that area. My final question is about finding great talent. Paul mentions that his business is located in a small community. Many of the people who work there are friends. I have to believe that today so many people want to leave the city and get back to the land. That's an opportunity. So what does Paul do to attract the best talent to his business? When it comes to hiring, it can be a bit of a gamble. You don't know everything about the individual. And I think you've got to be really careful of hiring for a skill set that you read on a resume. Why? It's not about what somebody can do. It's about what somebody's capable of. So how does he find that out? I would be really slow in that hiring process to the degree of really having conversations with individuals, not just interviews, and looking for the kinds of individuals that have got the value set and and the, the competency and their character to drive that part of the business, not just the skill set. So, Paul, a lot to take in, but I would say the highlight reel is trust others. And I would say another one would be the sense that uh, talent is a full-time job. But any thoughts from uh, from your point of view? Uh, yeah, I, I loved all of that. Thank you. One thing I've realized as the business has grown and evolved, my own role and the requirements of, of, of my leadership have grown and evolved and it's been a challenge for me and uh and a great growth growth opportunity for me to to try to rise to that to that next level of leadership you know and i think part of being in this rural part of the world um that recruitment and that uh talent uh, acquisition and nurturing it's just so critical um to to, to bring the right people to the table and and uh, so I, I think there's an opportunity there as well to 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 make sure that we are actually hiring for fit so i uh, really appreciate that paul what i love about you is that you're both a dreamer and a doer your family business in a very short period has gone from being farmers to supplying naturopaths health stores to now retailers and direct to the consumer and you haven't stopped you've got global aspirations 
So I wanted to find a big thinker who spends her life looking at categories and identifying opportunities. Her name is Ez Rothschafer, and she has a business called Field Marshall. First thing I asked Ez was to describe her business for you. Field Marshall uh, is a business consultancy. So what do you do? Our goal is to help clients think on their feet with really strong, viable ideas. We work with brand strategy, customer experience, business design, commercial creativity, product and service design as well. Paul's shifting his focus to over-the-counter and self-service and on his web, direct to the consumer. What are your thoughts? Well, I looked at the category. It's fairly mind-numbing in terms of just the level of complexity and fragmentation going on right now. So what are the strengths? A lot of strong growth happening. And the weaknesses? There's also a lot of discount pricing going on. What does that signal? There's certainly a problem going on in the category around brand. And the retailers? We're seeing self-care broadly replacing luxury spending. Well, that's a good thing. We're also seeing more and more people wanting to enter the category, and it can be a very expensive category to enter. So what's key? Trust is vital to solving this. Why? You need it for pricing resilience, and you need it for share of wallet. What else should Paul be aware of? What's really important for Paul to keep in mind is that healthcare is going through a rapid change. And so staying in tune with that is really important. In what way? I would say the number one thing is just spend so much time understanding the fundamentals of who you want to sell to and the values and perspectives they have around health. You understand all of that, you're ready for anything. And all of that ladders up to trust. To create a sustainable, trustworthy, direct-to-consumer brand with, you know, multiple distribution style, uh, you really do need meaning and identity. Meaning and identity? What a brand means, what it stands for. Are you a great holistic brand that fits into my lifestyle? Do you reflect the values I have? What about identity? Your tone, your voice, your packaging, your customer experience, all of that has to be aligned so people know who you are. Paul still likes to pull weeds in the soil, but he also wants to go global. Any final thoughts for Paul? Hold on to your authenticity with your life. And that's harder than it sounds. I've worked with so many companies over the last two, three years in health and and organic health foods, and they lose that core equity. Why? They lose that authenticity fairly quickly through the process of going global. How? For this need to feel to fit into something, the category, instead of sticking to who they are. Great advice for Paul. Any final thoughts for his brands? Your packaging has to work really, really hard for you. And you have to find other ways to get to that person before they enter the store. You've got to have great um, digital presence. So, Paul, that's quite a master class in branding and marketing. Any thoughts? I, I think um, comments around the, the space being full and, and confusing for consumers is, is absolutely spot on. Um, and that and that is the, the challenge and opportunity for St. Francis to, to really kind of cut through the noise. And I think I think it's just great to, to be validated, I guess, by that need to be authentic. Uh, the one comment that struck me, too, was is having the packaging work hard for us. I think there's there's continual opportunities to improve in that area. And so that's something that I'll, uh, I'm going to be mindful moving forward is is that phrase, make make sure the packaging works for you. Paul, the next guest is Andrew Staniforth from RBC. I was normally set up their credentials, but I just want to tell you that 
if you guys had known each other at a young age, my bet you'd be best friends. So let's hear from Andrew. Andrew, how important is agriculture to the Canadian economy? Farming is big business. And when you think of the farmers' roles in, in our communities that they play and, and, and what they bring to the table, it's vital through rural Canada. And, and you know, there's not really a day that goes by that we can't thank a farmer for uh, bringing the food that we start off each and every day with. You're obviously a fan of farming. What do you think of Paul's business? When I read the story, I have a little bit of uh, long roots when it comes to uh, this type of banking with our ag clients. My old man was a, was a banker for 43 years with RBC, and he specialized in agricultural lending. And, and I had an opportunity uh, going out to him with, uh, into some meetings and being able to sit at the kitchen table or, or be in the barn where our clients were milking their cows and, and being part of that conversation. So listening to Paul's story was just tremendous. It's amazing when you see the, the journey that he's taken where his parents started in the 70s to Vancouver Island. And here they are in, in the Ottawa Valley looking at expanding. It's just a tremendous story. You know, Paul talks about how tough it is to transfer a family business from one generation to another. They've done a lot of work. In your experience, what's the key to doing that successfully? Yeah, I'll tell you right now, that is one of the hardest things that our clients have to go through. And when you sit back and think about, you know, the first generation, Paul's parents, they were doing great things their way for 30 years. And now Paul comes in with all these great ideas and wanting to take the operation to a new level. And his parents are sitting back saying, you know what, we just didn't do that yesterday. And, and, and those are the types of challenges that happen when, when you're going through a transitioning like this. And so, you know, this type, of, uh, this type of discussion may take two to three years. How does a bank stay in step with someone like Paul to make sure the foundation is solid so it can support his growth ambitions? We start off of being that trusted advisor. And, and, and part of that is we do have a specialized account management team that specialize in agriculture. We then further specialize with other individuals that we bring to the table, such as a, a trade financing specialist that will help Paul and his family grow that business globally. Or even, a, you know, we talked about the succession planning and how we can bring in an RBC wealth partner to help out with that discussion on how we transition the business from first generation to the next. So those are just three or four great examples on, on what we can do to help Paul grow his business. As a kid, he used to follow his banker dad into the barns and watch him do business. What final bit of advice do you have for Paul and Caitlin? A lot of financial institutions are the same. We offer the same products and we offer the same solutions. What differentiates us is the person behind the desk or that person that's standing shoulder to shoulder with Paul and that client, listening to their dreams, listening to their goals. And that's one of the things that I, I learned from my dad when he sat down at that kitchen table or he was in the barn talking to his clients, there's a real meaning when you, when you have that partnership standing shoulder to shoulder. So Paul, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I think um, it's just the importance of partnership. We can't run our business well in isolation. We need these partnerships around us uh, to help us get some perspectives uh, that otherwise, uh, you know, may, may, may or likely aren't you know, visible to us, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you can kind of get caught up in your own little world. You know, it's, it's about trusting 
finding some right partners and trusting that they do actually want the best for you. So, Paul, I always uh, end by just giving you my final thoughts. And, and as I listened to you when I first interviewed you and how you reacted to the experts and what the experts had to say, it really comes down to two words, like-minded. It's all about family and it's all, it's all about being connected. And when I look at your world uh, and the talent you're after, instead of being concerned about being in a small community, I think you have the best talent acquisition strategy because everybody's now thinking about getting out of the city. They want to have the family that you have. They want to have the values that you're bringing your kids. So take advantage and lean into that and say, this is the place to be. Second thing I want to talk about is that what I love about your parents and you is that you're in a constant conversation with nature. This isn't about profit for you. This is about the best herbs that we can grow, using new techniques for farming, new strategies for extraction, all laddering up to a higher purpose that says, you know what, it's nature that can heal us, not chemicals, but nature. And so my final thought is you start continue to grow your business. Take that North Star that's shining that path for you that's really about why we matter and invite everybody else in on it and trust them and embrace them because I think together you're going to go much further and that's not about your global ambitions but I think a higher ambition which is how nature can heal all of us so Paul I really appreciate you being part of Chatter That Matters Thank you so much Tony and and I really appreciate uh, the final comments Uh, certainly something I'm taking to heart here and and, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you and uh, and to learn from you and, uh, and, and the people you brought on today thank you so much To find details on how RBC supports its business clients, visit rbc.com slash business. You've been listening to Chatter That Matters with Tony Chapman. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with Tony on Twitter at Tony Chapman, through LinkedIn at Tony Chapman Reactions, or visit his website, TonyChapmanReactions.com.